reign in my life, O Lord. Amen. We thank the Lord for today, marking the end of our Sunday school week, an eventful time before the Lord in this church, where we have honored the Word of God in our various homes and the various family altars. And I pray that this morning, God will also take us close to his altar and closer and deeper, that our lives will be transformed as we partake of this service, whether online or live here in the Ark Temple. Amen. It's a joy to talk about a different kind of citizen this morning. And um, this morning, our friend who was supposed to come, unfortunately, um, due to family circumstances, um, is not able to come. And our senior pastor has to be away in Takradi Church, visiting the brethren, and our prayers are with them all. Amen. There's a story in the book of Acts where Apostle Paul was under trial, was before people to be charged. And as they were persecuting him, they were treating, maltreating him, he whispered to the soldier and said to him, Don't you know that um, a Roman citizen. And the moment he said so, the dynamics of the trial changed. The one who was even uh, sitting in judgment against him realized that he was lower in terms of citizenship before Paul. So he quickly deferred and said, this one is a matter that must go to Rome. May that be your case. Hallelujah. When your accusers rise up against you, and they remember what kind of citizen, unique citizen you are, may they know that this is not a case for them. It is for a higher calling and a higher judge. The judge of all judges, may he always stand on your behalf. May he uplift your case to the higher place where true justice and righteousness will prevail. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for this morning, for the privilege of coming before you and for sharing your word with us. We pray that our lives will never be the same. We pray that we will manifest that we are indeed unique citizens of the kingdom. We pray each one of us will receive your word fully that we will not operate as ordinary men. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So this morning, once again, we are talking about a citizen who is unique, who is different. In every nation, when people are different or unique, they are honored. In Ghana, when the, there's Independence Day, certain, or any, as we used to have it, the Republic Day, uh, July 1st, we, they had a list of role of people that will be honored. Usually it's politicians and a few others. But we serve in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. We look forward to that day when our unique father and master will say to us, as he said in the book of Matthew, the gospel according to Matthew uh, 24, when they were honoring the, 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 those with talents. Say that, and he, he, he said to the servant, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. In England, they give the KBE and all of that, Knights of the British Empire and others, to famous and fulfilled, excellent people, citizens, who have done well, who are unique, and they give them all of these titles. In other nations, the people are honored. 
And, uh, but in the kingdom of God, I believe that we look forward to an imperishable crown, like Paul said, an honor that men cannot take from us. Say amen. And so this morning, as you worship with us, wherever you are, target, purpose in your heart, that I want an honor which is not perishable. I want an honor which men cannot take away from me. It cannot be stolen. These days we hear of Olympic gold medals that are stolen from people's homes or stolen from museums and stolen from places. But I pray that this honor which the Lord himself will give to you and to I, like Paul was praying, that he looks forward to that crown that the Lord of righteousness will give to him. And not only to him, but all others who have labored and served the Lord and loved the Lord. Hallelujah. So, we are talking about a unique kind of citizenship. Now, as we talk, I was reflecting on this subject. I also realized that um, our earthly citizenship is different from our spiritual citizenship in a number of ways. And one of the key areas is the area of warfare. Whereas in the earthly citizenship, people that are chosen to go to war are selected by the nation. With Ghana army, I don't know the size now, but many years ago we were not even 10,000. But now I know the numbers have increased. In other nations, 50,000. The largest may be two, three hundred or maybe five hundred thousand people in the army. And the rest of the people just live their lives. But in this kingdom that we find ourselves, this citizenship that we have, like the Jews are trying to emulate, every citizen is a warrior. Say amen. If you look at Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12, the scripture says, For we wrestle not we, everybody who is in the kingdom. So, if you are a kingdom person and you are wrestling, don't say that, oh, God doesn't love me. Why am I going through all these battles? We all, we are in battle. Whether you like it or not. Whether you chose it or not. Ron Kinole used to say that we are, the, 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 we are in a demilitarized zone. There's war against the people of God. Once you decide to serve Christ, you become an enemy of, uh, of Satan. And Satan becomes your enemy. He comes against you with all his hearts. But thanks be to God, who always gives us a victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. Say Amen. Second Corinthians chapter two verse fourteen. Who always causes us to triumph. So we are. We know that everybody in the body, in the citizenship of Christ, in the kingdom of God, is at war. It's not a matter of choice, but it is something that comes to us. So he says, we. It's not the, the apostles, it's not the pastors, it's not the deacons, but every child of God who is a citizen of the kingdom. And so don't be afraid that you are, the enemy is at war with you. It doesn't mean that you have been defeated. Being at war is an opportunity to celebrate the victory of the Lord. Say Amen. The second thing is that every kingdom, people are selected as diplomats or ambassadors. They are sent by the nation to represent its interests. But in this kingdom, everybody is an ambassador. Hallelujah. In 2 Corinthians 5, from verse 18 to 21, we have the ministry of reconciliation. We are all ambassadors of the kingdom of God. We are sent of God to represent heaven wherever we go. So Jesus said, 
We are uh, the light of the world. We are the city set on the hill. Wherever we go, we represent the kingdom of God. Through our conduct, through our speech, through our relationships, we have to advertise the kingdom of God. And it's not a choice. It's not limited to people who are in prominent positions, but everybody who is in the kingdom is entitled. You have the letters of credence, as we were told last Wednesday. You, you carry the documents of the kingdom of God. And it means that you must know the main document that we carry is the word of God, which is the sword of the spirit. It's the word of God that contains our constitutional mandate. Our mandate to tell the world that there is a light to the world which is manifested through the word of God. Amen. Another thing that we need to understand that makes us unique as citizens of the kingdom is that the standard of morality is on all of us. Every child of the kingdom in First Peter 2, verse 9, we are told we are a royal priesthood, God's holy nation, called to show forth, to proclaim the praises of him who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. So every one of us, and it's not unique to a group of people, every one of us is called to show forth the praise of him. Every one of us is called to holiness, not as men will see, but as God examines our hearts. Hallelujah. So what we do with God in our hearts is manifest before men. The whole nation is a holy nation. Not only the prophets, not only the pastors, not only the deacon, not only the father, the priest who is in the monastery or anybody else, but all of us in the nation are called to a standard which where the scripture says, we, he examines us for God in Jeremiah. says, he examines the thoughts and intents, the measurement of God concerning our, our, our holiness, our standing with him, our separation unto him, is not the measurement of man, but is the measurement of God. Say amen. That makes us very unique. In our warfare, as I mentioned earlier, this warfare is not with man's tools. So Jesus, when he was, even before Pilate, mentioned that. And when he was arrested, and, the, uh, and Peter took the sword and cut the ear of uh, the Marcus guy, Jesus said, this is not the kind of warfare that we are in. Our warfare is spiritual. It's different. That's the uniqueness of our citizenship. Amen. But this morning, I want us to engage in three areas that will be of critical importance to us. This is the rights the privileges and the responsibilities that we all share. The rights and privileges and the responsibilities that we all share as children of the kingdom. In Ghana, if they say somebody is a citizen, this debate has gone on because during the voters register thing, we've had issues upon issues about who has a right to vote and who doesn't have a right to vote. The issue of citizenship has become very uh, prominent in our discourse, political discourse. And people have said it's a passport. Others have said it's a, it's a, a Ghana card. And different debates are going on. In the kingdom of God, we know that the one, that our identity is in the one in whom we are hid, hidden. The scripture says in First John chapter 5, verse 11 and 12, He who has a son has life. He who has not the Son of God has not life. That is our, if we have the life of the Son of God, the seed of life, our DNA comes from Christ. You can have papers which are fake. 
But the DNA cannot be fake. The, the proof, the seed of the life that we have is the life and the nature that we have in Christ. The character of the Holy Spirit that we have in Christ. And that character is manifest in a, what we call the right to life. The first and critical uh, fundamental right of every citizen in any nation is the right to life. If you don't live, you can't assert your right. Your, if you don't have life, you can't move. The right to move is there. The right to free speech is there. The right to do other things is there. Freedom of association is there. But the fundamental right is the fundamental right to live. Hallelujah. And when we say we are living, we are not talking about enjoyment. We are talking about the life that comes through Christ. The nature of God that is transfused to us through our acknowledgement of Jesus. When you say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I cannot save myself. So save me. And then he comes into your life. And so he says, he who has a son has life. And that life, when it comes into you, the scripture says in John 1, 4, you have the light of life. You are able to manifest the, the nature of God in terms of life, being a, 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 form, a, a, a way of development. That light there means the development of men. If men want to make progress, when they see you, because you have that life of Christ in you, it manifests in, 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 in their seeing life. Say amen. So that right, nobody can take from you. The right to life in the kingdom as a citizen. I'm not talking about cutting your neck or shooting you. But the life that we have in Christ. And John 10, 28, 29 confirms that. When Jesus says, that life I give to you, nobody can take it away from you. Nobody can pluck you out of the hands of God. So if you are saved... Remain in Christ. You alone can plug yourself out. You can say, I don't want to serve. That's apostasy. When you say, I don't want to serve the Lord. But as long as you desire to serve the Lord and be with Him, God will not plug you out. Say, Amen. So Paul says, for in Him we live and move and have our being. And it's not, it's not a partial life. It's a total life. It's a total life. In Him we live and move and have our being. Every aspect, spirit, soul, and body, is, 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 is captured in this new life. Say Amen. The second and very important right we have in Christ is the right to free speech. We have it in the natural, but our uniqueness in our kingdom is the right to free speech. But this right cannot be properly exercised if you don't have the word in your mouth. So in Romans 10, where before he talks about we should confess Christ as Lord, he says that the word is in your mouth, even the word of Christ which we speak. So if you don't have the word in you, that right is going to sleep. Many of us sleep on our rights because we, don't, we are not able to preach, speak the word of God. The word in your mouth to preach to other people to be saved. The word in your mouth to confront the enemy when he comes against you like a flood. You cannot engage when the thoughts, evil thoughts are coming, there is no word in you to say, to, to lift a standard against the enemy. There is nothing in you that he, he, you are able to use because there, you have the right to, to speak. But you are not able to exercise that right because there is no word in you. Hallelujah. 
I pray that you understand the fullness of this right. You see, if you have a right and you do not optimize, you don't use it, it's as if you don't have a right at all. If you have a right, the right to free speech, and you, 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 can't, you don't write articles in the news, you don't speak on, in, the air, on, uh, in the media, you don't, speak to, you don't express yourself among your friends, nobody knows your mind, then you are not enjoying that right. But when you begin to pen down, when you begin to share the things that are burdening you, then you are exercising that right. Without encroaching on other people's right of, or, 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 to life or, to, or their freedom by maybe insulting them, you are not crossing the path, but just expressing your views about an issue, you are exercising your right. And in the kingdom, there are things God wants the world to know through you and I. We are to amplify God's position on different issues. You are to stand up for God. So you see in Jude, when he says that we should earnestly contend for the faith, it doesn't mean you should go and fight over, but stand up to that which is God stands for. Don't allow anybody to show you what God stands for in your life. Say amen. The pattern of the world, unless you speak, you speak to your children, we speak to our children, to ourselves, to our husbands, about what we stand for. What do we stand for in certain areas of life? Take a stand. Take a position. Tell your neighbor, take a stand. Speak to the issues. There is a right to free movement in the kingdom. And this movement, I know that normally we talk about slaves not being free to move. But when you are a citizen, you are free to move anywhere. But this freedom, this movement, I'm dealing more with movement, social, structural movement. How do you refuse to be cased in a lower structure of life. Many of us, we are, we are, we are being freed. But like Peter, we are still in the dreamland. We need the angel to lead us out of the cage and walk out and realize that it's not a dream any longer. It is a reality that you have been set free. Say amen. If you are born in a, an environment where poverty, where uh, 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 illiteracy, where darkness, where self-condemnation, where guilt is the order of the, of the day, is the rule of the day. In Ephesians 1, 7 says, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. When he forgives you, there is therefore now no condemnation for you. The accuser comes and you are free. And you are able to move through the societal structures. So, you are born in an environment where they said, this family or this clan, nobody can rise up to a certain level. But you break loose the ceiling, the glass ceiling of that societal level, that cultural level. You are a, a, a barrier breaker that because you are a citizen that does not recognize that barrier. Hallelujah. You are, you see, when, when our borders, that we have Ghana, Togo, Nigeria, all of these things. They are human bodies that have been created. But in the kingdom or that we, we are part of, our liberty, our freedom, does not recognize these bodies. That is why Jesus, if you notice, whilst he was there, his disciples did not rec- he, did, they, he didn't recognize the bodies. They will be there, especially after the resurrection. He didn't recognize the, the, the blocks of the place that the disciples were in. The rooms were not... The partition was not recognized. 
the, the nations, that's why the gospel has not been gagged in any nation. Has not been able to, the, no power, no law in any land has been able to guard the gospel because we are set free. We are redeemed. Say amen. Freedom. We are free to move. Your status in Christ changes your status socially. Changes your mindset. Freedom in the mind. Liberty. You must move in your mind from a, a D-E mentality to an A mentality. Social thinking of enslavement, of weakness, of weariness, of tiredness, of inability, of ineptitude, and all of that into the realm where you are now able to do. That's why Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's a new kind of movement. It's a new kind of social mobility. That is a, a right that is seen in Christ. Say amen. Now, beloved, as we progress with our rights, we also know that we have a right of access into the presence of God. It's our privilege. Hebrews 4.16 tells us that we should just come. We should just come boldly into the presence. That's a right that we, we enjoy. If you are not a citizen, certain places you cannot go. That's why when we arrive at the airport at Kotoka, we are told that, oh, this person, all Ghanaian nationals appear here. All others, then they say all others, they echo us. That entitles us to certain access. The same way our citizenship in Christ invites us to the presence of God, which other people do not have. Say amen. Beloved, enjoy this through prayer. You see, when we don't pray, that access is meaningless. If you don't come to church, that access is meaningless. You are undervaluing that access. You pray and you activate that access. You come before God in the church, you activate that access. You have a right to be protected and to be preferred among other nations. Now let me talk about one or two privileges. One of the most important privileges we enjoy through our relationship with God in Christ, in Romans eight seventeen, the Bible says that we are sons. A sonship enjoys certain privileges. And one of the privileges is heirship. You are entitled to the, the throne or the assets, the belongings. There are certain things. So what has your father God have that makes you, that entitles you to? Because you are, if, if you are a son of God, you are an heir of God. So what does God have? So we sing, he's got the whole world in his hands. So it means the whole world also belongs to you. Hallelujah. You, are, uh, you, are, you have a stake in it. You may not own it all, but you have access. You have, because that father of yours owns it. He controls it. What else does God have? The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. He says, a, a, thousand, a, a cattle on a thousand hills is mine. So why should I always be lamenting? Maybe it hasn't yet come to me, but I know it's mine. And that gives me comfort. It's not every asset of yours right now that you always have access to. Many of us have monies in the bank. But today as we sit here, we don't have direct access to it. Unless you go to the cash machine 
or you go into the branch, you don't have access directly. But that money is yours. And that gives you comfort. That gives you peace of mind to say, that, oh, whether it's a matter of time, everything that I need to do with the money, I can do. In the same way, when our provision has not been met, calm down. There's a process. You're just going through a mail. That thing which belongs to you, whether it's money, that relationship that belongs to you, that position that belongs to you, it is coming. It's only a matter of time. Tell your neighbor it's a matter of time. As a privileged child of God, everything that your father owns, in a way, he has made it possible for you to gain access to that thing. And I pray that we shall learn. The Bible says, but through faith and patience, we inherit the promises. So the privileges are there. But faith and patience would, are the keys to accessing the promises. Tell your neighbor, be patient. Your time has come. And your time will come. Amen. Beloved, I want to mention quickly some important things about our responsibilities as citizens of the kingdom. The first and critical responsibility of a people of the kingdom is obedience to the law. In this kingdom, we have different kinds of laws. There is a kingdom laws of the spirit. The Bible said that we, the law of the spirit in Christ has set me free from the law of death. In other words, when I come to Christ, the life of God through Jesus Christ has come to me. That, that is the, the law of the Spirit. In Christ Jesus, I have been invigorated. Life means invigoration. Being energized. The out of death. And being alive also means being sensitive. Being able to hear, see, feel. Being able to na- navigate your way. That is life. Because, and, and being able to grow. Living things grow. Living things have feelings. So when I say, when the Bible says, if you have life in Christ, it means that you have feelings, you can sense, and that feeling is not uh, emotional feeling. No. I'm talking about spiritual sensitivity. That's why the Bible said in Amos 3, 7, said, uh, the, the, the Lord your God, He will do nothing except He tells the servant the prophet's face. So you as a man, you as a woman, you are the prophet of God, you are the angle on which God is going to channel His next move. So you have to be sensitive. Hallelujah. So it's our responsibility to know the voice of God. The first responsibility we have is to obey the laws of the kingdom. And one of the laws of the kingdom is the law of the spirit. There's also the the, the law of of, of sowing and reaping. It's a kingdom law. If you, you cannot reap where you have not sown. The law on sowing and reaping is a godly kingdom law. And every child of God needs to know this law. So if you, you want to sow into whether it's business or marriage or whatever you are doing, you cannot just be there and assume that things just happen. Things don't just happen. The kingdom has got laws need to be respected. There are protocols of the kingdom. And unless you know the word of the Lord, you can't operate in that place. The kingdom says that... He, he, he that will not work, let him not eat. It's a kingdom law. The kingdom has a, a, a structure of hierarchy in, in terms of spiritual authority and people that need to be recognized. It's there. Hallelujah. And unless you, we, we, we bring ourselves to that, we'll struggle. 
You know, even this COVID era, many of us have struggled with obeying the basic laws. Wearing masks, moving out to the market, social distancing, all of these things. Many people have, even people have changed some of the laws and, and operate. Oh, wear the mask. Me, I don't feel fine. I like it. I want to feel free. And you put your endanger people's lives. I'm wearing a mask because the law allows me as a preacher to put this uh, uh, shield. But there are some of you who are wearing shields who shouldn't be wearing shields now. You are supposed to wear a mask, not to wear a shield. Because you endanger your life and you endanger everybody's life. But you think that, oh, I want to feel free. But the fundamental law of the land requires that we all wear a, a, a mask, not a shield, as we move around. If you sit in a place, in a car, wherever, and there are other people there uh, who are not from your home, you all have to wear the mask. But it's like, oh, let me feel free. And in the bid to feel free, we break all the basics. And so we break the natural laws and we break the spiritual laws. May God help us all. Amen. The second important law of this kingdom is the love of other citizens. First John 5, 1 and 2. Anyone that loveth, love God, loveth him that is begotten of God. We can't say we love God and do not love the children of God. It's a kingdom responsibility. It's an obligation. I can't select those in the body that I think, this one is somewhere, that one is, a, so I like that one, that one I'm not sure. This sister, this brother, no. I don't have the liberty to choose whom to love in the kingdom. You do not equally have the liberty to choose who to connect to in the kingdom. And so, if you are struggling, you need to pray for grace. Because in the kingdom today, there are some people. Amen. There are some people. that It's not easy to deal with everybody and still naturally move. But the grace of God, that is at work in you. If God forgave you, you can also forgive somebody. If God tolerated you, you can tolerate somebody else. Say amen. It's a kingdom rule. It's a kingdom responsibility that we are able to love. By this, shall men know that we are children of we love one another. So, the loving of one of other citizens is an important duty of every citizen. And it's not a matter of choice. It's not a matter of preference that he comes from my area or he speaks my language. We all come from the same professional grouping. Or he speaks, the way that he speaks the English, I like his English. Or I don't like it. This, this person, the way they dress, I don't like it. So, I don't flow with them. There's nothing like I don't flow with anybody in the kingdom. If you are feeling, you are having negative feelings about anybody, pray for God to forgive you. The problem is not with that person. The problem is with you. Hallelujah. Because the kingdom principle about relationship in the kingdom is that res- say, respect all men. Honor the, uh, love the brotherhood. Honor the king. And in the kingdom of God, it doesn't change. It says those that feed you, honor them spiritually and all. So it's not a matter of I like this person, I don't like that person. It is a duty that I need to submit. I need to honor. And I pray that God will help us all to operate in the responsibility of the kingdom. Say amen. There is a responsibility towards the king. You cannot be a citizen who does not recognize the king. The word, the Bible says, wherever the word of the king is, there is power. Amen. Submit to the king. The king of kings, Jesus. 
It should not be possible for a citizen to say that, oh, you know, that's what this thing, when it comes, there's no, you know, business is different, or, or family or tradition is different. Hallelujah. Or tradition is tradition. No. There is an overriding, overarching tradition which comes from the king. And wherever the word of the king is, there is power. There may be kings, but there is a supreme king. Hallelujah. I have been to a court in Kumasi where a chief was bundled into prison. And I saw him weeping like a baby because he had tried to defy the mother of the late, the late mother of Otunfo because he was trying to contest land matter. Right before my eyes. He was bragging. And the judge finished him off. That happens human beings land right here in Ghana. My sister had an issue with somebody over land. And they went to the, to the traditional court. And while they were talking, the other guy on the other side said to the chiefs and to the leaders, elders, Oh, my uncle, that is that person's late uncle, bought this land and it's for my uncle. Why are you trying to join? Quickly, they said, in Asante, nobody owns land. Otufo owns all the land. So you have slipped. That's, that, and that was the ruling. Immediately they find him sheep and money. Silent. Case closed. Wherever the word of the king is, there is power. And that's a human being who is a king. So God, when God speaks, you cannot be a kingdom person who says, oh, when it comes to marriage, when it comes to this, I do what I want. There are things that he has written in the word of God. In relation to even the, the money that we keep, tithing, all, all of these things, it's not ours. The people around us, it's not ours. It is everything, they, they are privileged that we fellowship with them. I pray that you understand the privileges you have. And also, not just the privileges and the rights, but the responsibilities you and I have. Say amen. I cannot end without mentioning that we have a duty to be the salt. Jesus made a statement. He said, let your light. It means compulsory. Let your light. In Matthew 35, 13 to 16. You are the salt of the earth. Then verse 6, it says, let your light. So, it's, it is, God isn't going to let my light. Say, I have to let my light. You have to let your light so shine. I pray that as a citizen who is different, by the grace of God, the grace to be different will also be given, which has been given. But activate that grace through your submission. Let us pray. Lord, we have heard your word. We want to live as true citizens of the kingdom. We pray, oh God, that none of us we found wanting. The Lord, in everything we do, we will live as unique citizens of your kingdom. Bless us with understanding of how we ought to walk in our time as citizens of your kingdom. In Jesus' name we are prayed. Amen. Hallelujah.